Welcome to another Get Geekish podcast. I feel like we should have some fanfare. Oh, you're dancing in finger guns. was pretty close, though. <laughs> uh, I'm Derek, joined with... Bino. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we're we going to talk geeky to you, or nerdy or Talk something. geeky to me? That doesn't sound the ring to it. <laughs> Sounds almost creepy. Talk about uh, yeah. <laughs> There you go. Thank you for joining us. Uh, hopefully you do this on a regular basis. We like to give you something that uh, you can listen to that doesn't take a whole lot of thought process to go on. You know, it's just enjoyable. We just talk about things that ramble through our heads. And some people would, uh, you know, be, be ashamed of their inner workings, but no, we just lay them out on the table and here you go. And uh, we decided this week we are going to talk about some of the underrated movies we enjoy. I'm not going to get into arguments over what is the best underrated movie or the most underrated movie, but movies that we really love that a lot of people either never saw or didn't give too much credit to. I was going to say, we're not, we're not going to dive into the whole like metrics of it of actually that movie made this much money. So it's not really underrated. We're going to, you know, I mean, cause we've all had the conversation where we go up to somebody and we're like, like hey, have you seen this movie? They're like, what movie? Like, what? have you not heard of this where you think it's big because you really like it and everything like that, but some people haven't heard of it. Now you were telling me a story right before this one of empire records, which I didn't know people had not heard of. Mm -hmm. So I feel like to me, that is an underrated one in the sense that most of the people that I know in my generation, empire records was a staple of life for a while. Great soundtrack, great actors, great comedy fitting nineties movie. And it was like, the, the it, w- it was the movie it was the, okay this is this is perfect but i think if you're outside of my particular demographic it's not really that big a deal it was oh yeah some teen stoner comedy out of bands whatever carry on nobody nobody wants to see anymore right. and i've run into more and more people now that i'm working with a lot of people that are further outside of my generational bubble i bring <laughs> up things like empire records and i get the the weird looks like the what what movie are you talking about and the only sale big oh, that one that had that the Aerosmith singer's kid in it? Yes, that one. <laughs> you mean the one that went on to do Armageddon and Lord of the Rings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, t- to this day, that, that's got one of the best soundtracks ever, and I make it a point to at least once every couple of Rex Manning days to put on Empire Records and watch it again. Well, I feel like, because, I mean... I've seen the movie. You had to explain to me Rex Manning because I totally spaced it. So I feel like maybe that keeps it. Well, not because I guess that's still kind of underground because a lot of people had no idea. So, well, you got all you got all shiny there. Thinking about Rex Manning day. So, yeah, apparently. <laughs> so I mean, and I mean, I guess there could be a lot of indie movies that we've seen classified as that, but. You know, for one, to me, that sticks out is this movie right here behind me is a guilty pleasure of mine. We've talked about it in one some of the worst movies that are actually good movies and something like that. I still think it's underrated. It's still enjoyable. And that's Waterworld, um, you know, a huge money pit of a movie. But <laughs> still, it's it's I, I I've talked to people about it and they're like, 
what's Waterworld? Like, oh. I, I, I watched Waterworld once back in like middle school or high school or something like that. So I can't even recall if it was good or bad. I think the biggest downfall of Waterworld was how much hype it had going into it with the amount of money spent in, on the making the movie and the marketing that it was everyone just wanted to hate it and wanted it to fail because there was so much money dumped into it that it was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And Kevin Costner was in a few too many movies. Like he was almost Gutenberg-esque about that time of his life. He was, I think, you know, he was the, like what, Chris Pratt of the 90s or, you know, one of the actors that is really hot right now type of thing. Because he was in a lot of them. I mean, again, like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves might be underrated now. It wasn't then, I don't think, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's still one of the movies that, that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, another movie that, you know, when we were looking at underrated the list that popped up for me was Locke that has Tom Hardy in it. The whole premise of the movie is he's in a car driving from one place to another and just calling different people trying to figure a certain thing out. I don't want to spoil anything or anything like that. Mm. Fantastic movie. Brilliant acted. He's the only one basically in, in the movie. Yes, there's other voices, but it's one of those ones where I think a lot of people, since it, I mean, it has an A-list actor in it, but since it wasn't in, blockbuster movie kind of fell to the wayside mm. same with um buried with ryan reynolds where he's mm. buried in a coffin so th- those those little niche <laughs> movies are are pretty good uh-huh. um one of the other ones i just popped in my head a second ago was uh best in show the dog show comedy yeah, yeah that one such a good movie I want to say Best in Show and Death to Smoochie were probably two of the most underrated comedies that came out in a decade or two. Well, Death to Smoochie was, I think, I think it fell flat because people weren't expecting it to be a dark comedy. That is true. That is true. They were expecting you it know, to be like they had, <laughs> a Robin Williams kid-friendly well, like, had, hey! Yeah, because it had Robin Williams in it, Edward Norton. You're like, okay, it's satirical and it's dark and it is funny. Mm-hmm. and you you end up leaving you're like all right and that's just, i think that's the thing with you know some of robin williams other work that's not you know the family friendly things like um insomnia or no uh one hour photo that's what it is okay. actually both of them the, both of those movies like he does a fantastic job and i think they're very underrated for that aspect because it's not his comedy yeah know? it's not the same thing it's it like i I was very let down on side note tangent. Uh, I watched Uncut Gems last week, the Adam Sandler movie. You like it? No. I got, (laughs) like, every person I know has been telling me what an amazing movie it is. And we sat through it and, like, what on earth did we just watch? (laughs) I uh, have to tell you, like, there's parts of it where, I mean, the movie was very well done. Adam Sandler did a great job acting in it. And there's parts of the movie that, you know, that whole scene of where he's trying to get the rock and everything like that. And it's just like, you feel the claustrophobia of it, but yeah, I don't think it needed to be as long as it was. I do think he probably should have gotten nominated at least because he did a fantastic job. And the same with uh punch drunk love, right? The other serious uh-huh. one that he did. Well, cause I, I will say that movie, it, the acting was good. I can't fault that. But the whole, the whole premise of the story, like I just watched, it was like watching, People fight and make bad decisions for two hours, and then everything goes to crap, and the movie's over. You're like, great. 
It just sounds like a horrible, horrible family reunion full of drunk people and drug deals. Well, I think that's <laughs> why. Well, I think that's one reason why you could get into Breaking Bad. Is yeah, it's, it's true. It's the same thing of like you know you're watching these people make these horrible decisions, stuff like that, and I think that's why maybe. I, I like to have somebody to root for in a TV show and or movie, like somebody that either I can identify with or somebody I hope wins. Like, Not somebody with a gambling problem that is well, even, even to somebody. That was the tough thing, even getting into Game of Thrones. Like, had I tried to just watch Game of Thrones on a weekly, monthly basis whenever it was coming out, I could not have done it. Like, I had to binge the first like three seasons in a matter of weeks to get into the story enough to care what's happening, because that was another one too. Where most of the time, you're just like rooting for the characters to die. Like, ah, oh, you're a horrible person. I hope you don't make it to the next episode. Sweet. Just got eaten. Cool. Who, who else is awful that needs to die? All right. Poisoned. Cool. Here we go. Like it, it's tough, but they, they, they wove enough into game of Thrones that you'd, you'd start to root for somebody because they'd change or you know, their character would do something that was seemingly good. And you're like, Oh, I can root for this person. And then they pull that rug out later down the show, but the breaking bads and the uncut gems, it's like, wow, you're just a horrible person, and your your people are horrible people, and they're horrible people, and we're all shooting each other. Okay, cool. <sighs> Maybe I'm a cynic. This is why I watch movies with talking robots and flying fairies and spaceships. <laughs> Speaking of talking robots, I think Chappie is underrated. I very much enjoy that film. I did too. Um, I, it was nothing what I expected it to be. <laughs> no, it, it's... It's it's you know it's by the same guy that did Elysium as well, which I also think is kind of underrated. Um, again, because I don't know if it's people don't appreciate the like story arcs or they don't appreciate you know that director uh, Bloomkopf or whatever his name is. Um, but Elysium, you know, with Matt Damon in it, and then of course Chappie with Hugh Jackman and the Antwoord. I just both those movies I think deserve a lot more credit than they actually get for for what they're they're for. Well, Ch- Chappie was great because it was, it was so, so character driven and mm-hmm. you have this animated robot that has this quirky personality that you just are the whole time. You just like fall in love and you're rooting for this poor little thing. Well, maybe I, was, we, I was not expecting to it. it. Maybe we relate to it because we grew up with short circuits. So, that is true. That's like a Mad Max version of Short Circuit, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> very much so. Very much so. Okay, how about this one for an underrated movie? Did you ever see Saved? Yes. Saved, I think, it was one of the... I, I love that movie. Well, and I like, think that's another, that's another one of those movies that came out, didn't really do well, and then kind of got that cult following behind it where it's it's picked up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I think part of it that was under because it, it made a lot of people mad because it, it certainly took a lot yeah. of super, super religious people and put some of the things of the not so nice religious people right in the crosshairs. And it, it, it didn't mince words with anything with it. And it definitely ruffled some feathers, but was it Jenna Malone in that one? A couple of the, and uh, uh, Mandy Moore, Mandy Moore. and um, God, I just forgot his name. Uh, Kevin McAllister. Oh um, yeah, uh, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, thank you. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't think of his name. <laughs> and and you see the cast of characters, and 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 Mandy Moore, she's like the villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you weren't expecting. You don't be like, what? She's 
little little good Mandy Morris the villain, but I think it was a a very <clears throat> witty, smart, and poignant comedy that you could read a lot more into if you wanted to, and you didn't have to if you didn't want to. Like, well, and I think again, I think you'd like you nailed it on the head. It it fell flat because it touched on some you know topics that were very taboo back when it came out type mm-hmm. of thing but it's the story's great the acting's great the characters are great i i think people need to give it another try especially if they haven't seen it or maybe they watched it once and went no nah, i'm not feeling this type of thing well i feel like it too like it was a very how do i say this realistic movie mm-hmm. in the sense that you, you there's stuff that's over the top that's in there but a lot of the storylines and story extra stuff that i very much knew people that were going through similar situations in some way or another. So I think a lot of people thought it was just, you know, somebody made up all these horrible stories put together, but it was like, it was a very realistic depiction mixed in there with some of the stuff. So it was, it was a good time. So on a different route in the, I think, yeah, mid two thousands when like the raunchy comedies were huge and everything like this, one movie kind of came and went, but I think it's very underrated and I think it deserves some, I don't know, more light than it has. And that's sex drive where that guy was chatting with a girl and he ends up like stealing his brother's car. Who's his brother's Cyclops from the X-Men. Uh, huh. James Gordon. Yeah. Thank you to go, to go meet him. And they just have like weird adventures on the way there. And I think that it was not too over the top raunchy. Like some of the movies that came out around those, that time were so, but and it was very, smart in some of the aspects and had some redeeming arcs that I think that one doesn't get as much attention. Cause I saw you go, Hmm, did I see that? <laughs> I think I'd say, but my, um, I don't want to say problem with it, but it was very similar to a handful of movies that came out oh, around the same time. So I, I, think I, I bunched them all together and I can never remember which one is which. I think that's one reason why I kind of got just pushed to the side. Yeah, was, if, if I remember that one was actually a pretty solid movie, mm-hmm. but I think back to it and then I, I see that and then I see part of that and I see part of road trip and then I see part of, uh, was it the, the girl next door and there, you know, a whole bunch of movies, uh, overnight delivery and a bunch of other ones that all have like kind of similar premises and my brain just lumped them into like one movie and goes, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> it's very cliche, very predictable type of thing, but I don't know. There's just something about it in my mind that kind of separates it from like the wedding crashers and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Would you say that? I see. I don't know if I'd say, would you say bring it on is underrated? Yes. <clears throat> there is no way you could have told me the movie about cheerleading was going to make me smile as much as bring it on did, but it's, it's so good. <laughs> I, it's one of those movies that I still really enjoy. And honestly, it's, it kind of what you had bring it on. I don't even, I haven't seen the sequels cause I heard they were trash. The right. But then you had kind of like you had stick it, which was about gymnastics that kind of followed that same thing, which was stick. It was actually pretty decent. Oh really? I never, I never saw stick it. And then you had Fired Up, which went the raunchy comedy where the two guys joined cheerleading camp. They were supposed to go to football camp, but they're like, no, let's, you know, go meet girls type of thing. But they again, they have the redeeming arc. It's over the top, but those kind of ones where you look at it and you're like, hmm, but bring it on still, you know, we're all Toros, man. 
Toro was in the atmosphere. And and that movie was one I didn't want to like. I got drugged to see it with some friends in high school. I don't want to go see a cheerleading movie. Walked out like that was awesome. Like, thank you for making me come to this. (laughs) I think I think that was the premise too. I mean, we thought it was a cheerleading movie. I like I was kind of intrigued because for some reason I don't know why choreography in general just like mesmerizes me. So I remember seeing like the trailer and had that. I was like, kind of want to see that. (laughs) <laughs> and I was not disappointed. It was so funny. And it still is. Okay. I have another movie that most people I know have either not seen it or don't remember seeing or didn't necessarily like it was not the recent King Arthur. Cause that was a garbage movie, but the King Arthur that came out in 2004 with Clive Owen. Yep. I remember it. It was, was okay. He, he was Arthur. Kira Knightley, Kira Knightley was Guinevere in it. Yeah. I, it's it's not historically accurate by any means, but for some reason that movie I can just watch over and over again and get super enthralled in it the whole time. You didn't uh, like the new Guy Ritchie one? No, it was awful. <laughs> it was yeah, the Clive the Clive Long one was okay if I remember. Well, again, that was the whole like it that came out. Alexander came out. Um, the what was it? The Last Kingdom. Or whatever that had yeah, yeah that, that was the same thing. They had a whole bunch of ones that were very similar to it. Yeah, but that one specifically, like I, I don't know what it is. If I remember correctly, the what is it? The Last Kingdom with Orlando Bloom was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Man, this, this now my brain's going going. Oh yeah, I forgot about that movie. Yeah, that's one of the things that I mean. The younger generation of folks <clears throat> don't have the same memory that we do when we're you know looking through the video stores and stuff like that because the streaming titles it's just not the same scrolling through netflix or voodoo or amazon or something like that it's cool to see them but they always change the pictures and do stuff and you're almost like you wrote that's not what the cover of the movie looks like why that you why'd you do that but i love having the stack of movies i've got in my basement it's like a wall full of dvds and every time i go down there i could just start thumbing through and you just like go through memory lane you're like oh i forgot about that oh and that movie too i haven't watched that in a long time and it's it just makes me happy well and there's no risk either you know they they didn't have a they don't have the risk that we did back then because back then you had to go to the movie store you spent time picking out the movie you know a lot of the times i don't know about you but i judged it off the cover um if i hadn't heard of it Mm-hmm. you oh, go up you, yeah you spend mo- you spend money on it you go home you start watching it, you're like oh this is trash but you have to finish it nowadays you're streaming you're like oh this is trash stop <laughs> go to something different mm-hmm. you know or I, I i i can't say that i haven't been watching a movie and you get t- half an hour into it and there's my brain like once i've put enough time into something i want to know what happens but now it makes it easy. Like, oh, I'll just skip four or five chapters and see what happens. Oh, okay. They turned up with a good guy. Okay, cool. I said, whatever. I'm done. <laughs> um, speaking of Netflix, I think this movie's still in there. It's underrated, in my opinion. I absolutely love it. Simon Pegg and it's Hector in the Search for Happiness. Fantastic. I don't think it gets enough credit. Um, I don't think a lot of people have actually heard of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's one of those like movies you're watching. It has the humor and it has the heart in it. And you're like, at the end, you're like, all right. Kind of changes you just a little bit. I feel that way about Big Fish. Mm-hmm. That was one that... People, people did not like that movie. Yeah, I felt like that was almost like a life-changingly good movie. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of came and me and my friends were all excited about it. And then it kind of disappeared. 
and now it's like people like oh yeah i remember that that came out what like the 90s or something and but big fish oh solid movie came out in 2003 (laughs) is it 2003 2003 or 2004 still makes me cry at that ending Mm -hmm. but the thing is is i think i think it kind of came and went because it wasn't that dark tim burton that people knew it was a quirky tim burton that people weren't used to yet Mm -hmm. you know but yeah that's that's I would say that's underrated. Mm-hmm. How about Stardust? The is that Brendan Fraser? No, uh, uh, Brendan yeah. Fraser's an in ink art. Stardust is the one with De Niro, right? Yes, yes. Okay. And uh, wow, I can't think of her name. She was Catwoman. Uh, which which Catwoman? The '90s Catwoman. Uh, Nicole, not Nicole Kidman. Um, <laughs> oh, this is going to kill me. Uh, because Claire Danes was the fallen star, and then the uh, I could this? see her, I could see her. Michelle she Pfeiffer. Was, Michelle yeah, Pfeiffer. She was, in, I was say she was in the Ant Man movie. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Stardust, uh, I read the book after we liked the book too. But that movie was one that was so unexpectedly good, like just a feel good, fun f- modern fairy tale, like. Yeah, it it was. I would say like and and the twist with De Niro's space captain once they finally get into inside his quarters was like, oh wow, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you know one movie you made me think of it just now because I said Brendan Fraser. One movie that's you hate, but I think is underrated is Monkey Bone. I never saw Monkey Bone. Oh, I thought you did. No, you're oh. thinking of Drop Dead Fred. Oh, that's, that's a good movie too. Yes, I didn't really like Drop Dead Fred, but same with Problem Child. But anyway, Monkey Bone, I think, is a lot of people hated it just because it is so weird, and the Monkey Bone character is kind of annoying. But like, I don't know. It's it's very interesting, and you know, it's classic Brendan Fraser. So, not action Brendan Fraser, but comedy Brendan Fraser. You want a good movie that is something that would not normally be down my wheelhouse, but I really enjoyed. Hmm. It's called the good, the bad and the weird. Oh yeah. I remember uh, our friends were telling us about that. It's like a Korean spaghetti Western. Uh, It's based on the good, the bad, the ugly, but it's this just Korean movie. I I believe, I think it's, it had the subtitle or dubbed a version. I don't remember, but it is a really enthralling movie. And after the first one, I I wasn't even sure exactly what happened. The entire time, but I wanted to watch it again. <laughs> like, it's just very, very creative storytelling and the visuals that go along with it. Like, the whole, like, it's movie critics would probably hate me for it right now, but it's just, there's something about it that just really, really made, made it good. <laughs> Do you remember Kung Pao? Into the Fist? Uh, I never actually watched it. You own it. It came free as a package of my the first five movies. When I signed up for Voodoo back in the day, I got five free movies, and that was in the pack of five free movies, and I still have yet to watch it. Dude, it is, I think that's underrated. It is so stupid, but I remember, I remember watching it with my parents when it came out. And the reason it sticks in my mind, and I think one of the reasons, it has stupid humor in it, which I appreciate, but like actually hearing my dad and my mom laugh at this movie made me go, okay, there's something, <laughs> there's something about this. I mean, the premise is so stupid, but that's one I think 
if you like stupid humor, you need to give it a try. No, I, I feel like one of our one of our future episodes, we should just go through some of the best dumb comedies. Yeah, because there are some movies be out there. there like that, like "Dude, Where's My Car." Mm-hmm. The premise and everything about that movie says that that should be a horribly stupid movie. I adored that movie so much. <laughs> but you have to go into it knowing what you're getting into. Like this is a dumb, like stoner comedy type movie. Like if you do all that and going in, if you're expecting some sort of highbrow ind- independent theater comedy release that makes you think, no, not going to happen. It's sight gags and puns and visuals and witty banter. And <laughs> well, now guys, you just keep saying stuff that keeps making me think of stuff. Um, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, I made you guys watch the fall, which is, Oh yeah. That was that the, the one with the, the girl. Yeah. Yeah, the girl in the hospital who is getting told a story and everything like that, and just the different ways that it goes through is just so interesting. So if you like visually stunning and good storytelling, I'd say go that route. Mm-hmm. It's a little long, but, you know. Um, uh, another one that I haven't watched in a long time, uh, one of the first subtitled movies I ever managed to sit through and enjoy was Run, Lola, Run. Oh, Yeah. And it's it. There's there's almost I I'm, I. There's not even dialogue much dialogue in that movie. Like a lot of it is literally just paced timing and edits of going through stuff, mm-hmm. and it's for me phenomenal. Some people don't like it, but I, I feel like that was, you know, if we're if we're talking about movies that people are trying to look for something to to watch that they've never seen before, give that a shot. And, well, and speaking of subtitled movies. You know, you had Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I don't think that's underrated at all. I think the movies that came out after that one are underrated. So you have House of the Flying Daggers and Hero, Jet Li's Hero. I think those two movies, they are as equally visually stunning as Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And I think better story, in my opinion, than Crouching Tiger. See, because Crouching Tiger to me, everybody was like all about it. I was like, it's okay. I saw House of Flying Daggers and I saw Hero. Much better films, in my opinion. But they kind of fell to the weight side because everyone was like, oh, they're trying to copy Crouching Tiger. I'm like, mm. See, I never watched the sequels because I watched Crouching Tiger and I didn't like it. I thought the same thing. Like People were raving about it. Like, this wasn't even that good of a movie. And I couldn't get over it. That was a huge thing at that time in movie making was doing all the rope tricks for martial arts. Mm-hmm. And it looked so ridiculously fake to me that it made me like physically angry when I watch the movies. Yeah. Cause every time there was a fight scene, you're just like, seriously, you're doing like a 37 backward flip. So you kick the guy in the head. Like, no, really? Well, here's, here's the thing. I'm just going to correct you. House of flying daggers and hero aren't sequels. <laughs> well, not sequels, but I mean, you, yeah. you said the similar type movies and things like that, that genre. Yeah. The genre. Cause once, once I saw casting tiger, I thought, Oh, I might like these movies. And because of, how much I did not enjoy Crouching Tiger and Dragon. Anything that was remotely down that, I was, I was. Oh man. What about Pan's Labyrinth? Have you seen that? I Another... actually not. I've I've seen pieces of it, but I've not seen the whole thing all the way through. It's on my list of ones that I still want to see, but it's it's another subtitle-y kind of movie. Um, here's the thing: is a lot of people talk about it mainly because of the creature, but it's mm-hmm. funny. The people who are like, "Oh yeah, that has a creature." I'm like, "Yeah, it's a great, great movie." They're like, "Oh, I haven't seen it." What? <laughs> I'm I'm one of those two, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So I think maybe it's 
I don't know. I, I would say maybe in that aspect, it's underrated because a lot of people just know the creature works from it and not actually the movie. And I mm-hmm. think it's fantastic. It does need to be seen by people. Mm-hmm. I, I got one more because we should probably let people get back to their lives and they've got a whole know, list of stuff to watch now. There, there's a whole bunch of movies in my head. So yeah, we should yeah. wrap it up. One of the movie that I remember watching and not expecting anything from and walking out going, that was awesome, was Finding Neverland. Oh, Johnny Depp. The, the Johnny Depp movie. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. <laughs> Again, that, that, that one, tissues, you need them. Yeah, you got to have them in there for it. And I, like, you, I, I read the premise of it. You're like, this is going to be a stupid movie, whatever. And then wife wanted me to watch it. We watched it. And I'm like, this was really good. We have to go buy this movie right now. <laughs> so if you've been paying attention for the last half hour, you can go back and take some notes. You have a whole laundry list. You've got like two or three weeks of quarantine to fill with movies. And let us know what and you that- think of these. And they're also totally different spectrums of the movies. Oh yeah, those are all the we I, <laughs> we went all over the place. So no matter what you like, you find something in there that'll be good for you. But now you can let us know if the movies we think are underrated are truly underrated, or whether they actually are trash and we're just weird. <laughs> well, I mean, we already know we're, we already know we'd like some trash movies. So speak for yourself. <laughs> all right, Mister Feebles. <laughs> all right. Uh, let us know at Gid Geekish uh, underrated movies. The ones we talked about, go watch them. Tell us what you think. Or what's a movie that we might not have seen that we would probably love? Let us know at yeah, Gid Geekish. There's tons of underrated movies that I know people are just so adamant about. Like people have talked to me about Sunshine and I haven't seen that yet and I want to. So, and that was actually on one of the underrated lists. So mm-hmm. there you go. The movie's, the movie's not like, oh yeah, that was a good movie. The, the movie's like, nobody's seen this movie, but it's, it's, it's like life changing. <laughs> That's what I want. I need to find some more of those. Because I've, I've been let down by a lot of the new movies that I've watched as of late. I feel like Hollywood's let me down. So I need some, some classic good stuff to go back to. 